I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. Hi, I'm Tony Gargan and welcome to the Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be focusing on interaction in your speeches. It is your role when you're presenting or you're pitching or you're speaking in public to get your audience involved, to keep that engagement, to ensure that they feel part of your delivery. It is your responsibility when you're delivering your speeches to be aware of the energy within the room and people's interest in regards to what you're saying. It's your responsibility to ensure that you're caring for your audience to have the best experience and to ensure that you're not allowing your audience to also drain your energy. So I'm going to focus on this next section, how you can use exercises, network and brainstorming within your presentations to really raise the energy and the different methods of speaker interaction dependent upon what your aim is in regards to what you're delivering. So I don't know if you've ever sat in someone's delivery and someone's presentation and you feel like they've just talked at you. You feel like it's just been a monologue that you've been privy to sit and listen to. You want to avoid that at all costs when you're presenting, pitching or speaking in public. So it's your responsibility to gauge the room and see what the energy is like within the room. It's also your responsibility to elevate it when it needs to be elevated or if it's a really rowdy, raucous room to really calm down the energy and you have the ability to do that when you're presenting. I'm going to give you some hints and tips over this next section on how you can cover that and also how to get the best out of your audiences to elicit the response that you want. So with anything that I've already shared with you over the podcast, we've talked about starting with the end in mind. So I'd like you to really think about when you're delivering a presentation, irrespective of what it's for, whether you're doing a a speech or whether you're delivering in your work environment. What information are you trying to elicit from your audience? Are you trying to get a response from them? Are you trying to get them to come on board with a thought process, maybe yours or somebody else's? I'd like you to also think about what emotion you are trying to evoke. You know, are you trying to rile them up and get them really excited? Are you trying to calm your audience members down? Are you trying to get them to buy into an idea that's maybe not the standard or the norm? Not only that, but you also need to look at the relevance and the context in regards to what you're talking about. And each of these I'm going to cover in this uh, podcast today. Also, what does the interaction that you're offering or providing add to your speech? So let's look at each one in turn. What information are you trying to elicit? Are you trying to get a response from your audience or are you trying to get them to do something? Are you trying to create a mood, create a movement, get people to buy into you? So if you're trying to evoke a response and elicit a kind of response from your audience, you need to know from the start what kind of response it is that you're trying to evoke. And with that in mind, that will determine the amount of interaction you have within your speeches. Now, I'm sure you've been sat in a delivery at some point of someone's presentation where they've just talked at you or the complete opposite, where there's no content that feels like there's no value and it's just interaction after exercise, after networking session, and it doesn't really feel like you're getting the value. So this is about getting the balance just right. Now, you know yourself if you've ever delivered a presentation or if you've ever presented to a room that the energy has peaks and troughs. So if you're delivering for a full day, particularly at the start of the day, maybe the energy's a little bit low. Maybe people are a little bit more apprehensive. They're not really sure what to expect of the day. Or maybe it's the complete opposite. Um, People are really excited. They're really kind of energetic and you need to calm the mood down a little bit. But there's always that lull 
maybe later on in the day where there's a lull in energy. Maybe it's after the lunch break when the carb coma kicks in. Or maybe it's late afternoon when the light's dimming in the room because the external light, the light from outside, seems to be disappearing, particularly at wintertime, and the room draws a little bit darker. The energy seems to follow. But you can overcome this with your speaker interaction. So what we're going to focus on next is what types of interaction you can have to really elevate your speeches and really get your audience members or your delegates participating and involved. So you have a few different methods that you can use for this. You can focus on some like networking breaks, particularly in rooms where people don't necessarily know one another. This works really well in the presentations if you're delivering to maybe a group of people who have never all met before or in a work environment where you're bringing all different departments together who don't usually combine, who don't usually mix, a great thing that you can do is networking exercises. Now these can be in a group environment around a table maybe, if you've got your room set up kind of cabaret style and maybe somewhere between six and eight people per table, you can do a networking exercise per table. It could be to meet the people within the room. So if you're in maybe a a slightly larger environment but smaller group numbers so maybe you've got 20-30 people within the room and they're theatre style they're sat in row upon row upon row you can get people up on their feet and you'll notice as I'm saying that up on their feet I'm physically moving while I do that because your motion creates the emotion within the room your energy will be conveyed back to you So let me give you an example. If I say we're going to do a networking break now, I want you all to get really excited by this. I want you to meet everyone within the room. That's probably not the kind of reaction that I'm hoping for. But maybe I want everyone to get involved. So everyone needs to get involved in this. There's everything you need in this room. So everybody up on your feet, everyone on your feet. And I'd like you to meet three new people in the next three minutes. Hopefully what you've noticed there is that my energy raised, my tone raised. I physically lifted up out of my seat because your motion creates the emotion that you're trying to evoke. Now, as I say, you can use these power networking breaks or networking exercises. In those small groups on your tables, in the entire room, you can do it to really lift the energy. But you can do a power networking break when it's coming to a real lull in the energy or when you're going to be doing something that really requires a lot of engagement. So say you get to a point within your speech, within your delivery, where it's really technical. Or maybe it's part of the subject matter that isn't your favourite or maybe it's a little bit dry. Maybe people don't always kind of connect with it. It's a really useful tip for you to pull a power networking break. And by that, I mean not necessarily 10, 15 minutes of networking. I mean like a two, three minute networking break to really rise people's energy, to increase people's energy, but also to get people up, moving about their brains active to create that engagement yet again. Now, there is an important point to note in regards to this, and it is pulling the end of the networking break. I've definitely seen it happen. I think I've definitely experienced it as my earlier days in speaking. Within those earlier days where I've tried to then get the room back together, where I've tried to end the networking break, and I've said, everyone, take your seats. And people are too busy networking. No, 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 I'm networking. So you command the room. So set what I've said earlier on, which is to start with the end in mind. So you need to set the rules at the very start of that interaction at the very start of that networking exercise so be clear be concise and really make your point so in my 
presentations in my deliveries. Maybe you've seen me deliver at an expert speaker discovery day or a, a multiple streams of property income event for progressive property or unlimited success. If you've ever seen me speak live, quite often I will pull networking breaks to really keep the energy buoyant within the room. Um, when I'm doing so, I'll always set the tone at the very start. So I'll make a point of saying before we even tell them that they're doing a networking break, we're going to be doing a little exercise just now, but I need you to really, really listen up because we need to, we've only got five minutes for this networking exercise. How long have we got? And we'll ask the audience to call back five minutes. We're setting the standard from the start. And within this next five minutes, this is what I would like you to do. Don't do it just yet, but in just a second, I'm going to ask for everyone to get up on their feet and I would like you to network with three new people that you've not yet met within this room. However, at the end of the networking break, it's difficult for me to get everyone back in the room. So please listen out for me shouting that it's time's up, end of the networking break. Is everyone clear on what we're doing? I've been really clear. And really concise within my instruction and you must do that to ensure that you maintain the room because remember you as the person delivering the speech or you as the person holding the presentation set the tone for that room so first up power networking breaks a really great way for you to lift the energy but start with the end in mind and ensure that you can manage the room to pull them back to call the break and if you've maybe got quite a a low or a quiet or a softly spoken voice, or if you're in a room that's really, really big, we've held networking sessions and quick networking breaks in some of the deliveries that I've done in rooms of maybe like 400 people. And as I'm sure you can imagine, that's not the easiest to manage. So it may be that you have some sort of signal. We have the AV guys at the back of the room who'll have like an alarm or a sound or a horn or a beeping sound, something that really kind of gains people's interests something that really takes people's minds away from what they're doing and really stops them in dead in their tracks. It might be an alarm, it might be a sound, it might be a horn, it might be a specific noise that you've allocated to signify the end of that networking break. What you can also do to create some interaction within your speeches is brainstorming. Now, I absolutely love bringing this into my speeches and the reason I do this is twofold. One, obviously, from an energy perspective, to really increase the energy or to really lower the energy, but also to elicit some information. Remember, at the start, I asked you what information you're trying to elicit. So this works really well through introductory sections of your speech, your presentation or your delivery, where you're trying to get to know people within the room. It can also work really well if you are trying to identify people's aims, goals and needs from your delivery or from your presentation. So what do I mean by that? You might do a brainstorm in the entire room. So a shout out to the entire room. So what I'd like you to do, don't start just yet, but in just a second, I'm gonna ask for you to speak to the people who are sat next to you, who are sat nearby you, and ask for you to talk about your aims, your goals, your ambitions from this course today. So you set the tone from the start, identify what you're hoping for. And then just to be clear, we're going to ask for some shares from the room. So this becomes a group exercise. Everyone can get up on their feet. It can really rise that energy. It really ramps it up because people are getting involved. They're getting up on their feet. They're brainstorming. You're getting people's brains into action, which means that they're going to remain engaged and interested. And also, even if they're the type of people who maybe aren't very comfortable in shouting out loud to a room, maybe not the they're not the type of people who are the first to raise their hand. It could be someone quite quiet, quite shy. This gives everyone in the room the ability to talk to one another and to get their voice heard. 
So maybe it's someone who's shy, who's quite retiring. They're quite comfortable talking in a small group, but they don't want to shout their answer out. If we're brainstorming to the whole audience or in small groups, you can then ask for one spokesperson. I found this works really, really well in our speaker discovery days. So when I'm delivering a speaker discovery day, usually you will identify within the room the people who are really engaged, really up for it. They're quite vocal. They're on board. They're all in on this stuff. But then you might have one or two people who are in the room because they want to learn to become a public speaker to really increase their confidence, which means right now they're not the most confident of people. Maybe their idea of hell is shouting out in the middle of the room or talking up in front of everybody. So by using the group brainstorm, it gives you a perfect opportunity for people to start interacting, but not necessarily have all eyes on them. And what I'll tend to do in these discovery days is ask the tables or the group to speak together. So quick brainstorm, what are you here today? What are you hoping to get out of today? And then we're going to ask for some shares. And then that way, you're getting some interaction from the room, you're eliciting the information that you're hoping for, you're raising the energy within the room, and people are talking about a subject that they know better than anything else themselves. So even if they're not confident, even if they don't know the answers to all of your questions, it's a subject they will be able to interact on. And by asking for shares from the room, or one spokesperson per group, you're then not putting the limelight onto the people who aren't yet comfortable within those environments. So that's your brainstorming either in groups or as the whole audience. We do this also with debriefs and summaries. So a great way if you're delivering a presentation to, again, always think about the response you're hoping to elicit. In this instance, it might be you're hoping to identify whether your audience have understood the message that you've shared, the piece of content that you've delivered or the request that you've made from them if it's an information gathering subject. And the way that you can do this is with your debriefs or with summaries in the groups. So we do this on speaker discovery days whereby we'll ask for some shares. How did people people feel that that went? Let's do a group debrief. Again, you open it up to the entire room, the people who are then comfortable delivering in a room, the people who are comfortable shouting out or speaking up, get the opportunity to speak. But if they've been asked in their groups to gather the information together, to summarise how they felt, having one spokesperson means that someone's vocal, gets their opportunity to, to speak up and to stand out. We all have an ego, so some of us like our ego to be fed if we're the, the leader or the spokesperson, and other people's ego is a little bit more sheltered, a little bit more quiet maybe, and they like to provide the answers within a smaller group where they're more comfortable. Great way to also elicit whether people have understood what has been asked of them. So say, for example, you have requested some information from your group. Say you've identified that you're looking for a particular response. You've given information and now you're looking for people to feed back to you their understanding. Debriefs are a perfect way to do this. So we've had a little look at power networking and networking breaks. We've looked at brainstorming. We've looked at debriefs. What about movement within the room? So say, for example, you're delivering to a room who've been seated the majority of the day. I don't know if you're anything like me, but when I'm sat in a room, you get that numb backside. You need to stretch your legs a little bit. Maybe you're in a room where there's quite a few people and sometimes the yawns start to come in and it's not that you're bored and it's not that you're not engaged. It's just that there's a lack of air within the room. And one way that you, as the speaker, as the host, as the presenter, can identify this is by people's reactions. 
So maybe it's the involuntary yawns that people try to stifle but don't quite manage to do. Maybe it's the huge stretches when the people who are sat at the back of the room are moving their arms about or stretching the legs out. Maybe you're identifying that people are getting up to leave the room to go for quick toilet breaks more frequently. This can identify to you as a speaker that you are overdue a break or that you need to increase the energy in the room or get people up and moving about. And there are some awesome ways that you can do this and you need to find the level that you're comfortable with. So in some of the well-known public speaking world or in some of the self-development world, if you're in any of these big rooms where there's an energy lull and people really want to rise the energy, they might ask you to do a stretch. If you're on your feet and we're going to stretch, you're going to move to the left and then we're going to stretch and we're going to move to the right. Or they might do a massage, turn to the person next to you and give them a massage. It's about your level of comfort with that. Me personally, I don't want to massage strange people that I don't want to know. More importantly, I don't want strange people that I don't know to be massaging me. So again, you'll know it by gauging your room. You might be in a small environment where there's five, six, seven people. They all work together. They're all comfortable together. It might be in a round table group or a group of mentees that you're speaking to who all know each other really well and they've got that level of rapport that you're quite comfortable doing this. If not, it could be any kind of movement exercise where you get people up on their feet and moving around. So up on your feet and swap seats. This is one of Rob Moore's favourite things to do. One of the ways that he rises the energy within the room and gives himself the opportunity to prepare for the next section is everyone who sat at the front of the room, stand up on your feet and you move to the back of the room. Everyone who's been sat at the back of the room, on your feet and you move to the front. It gets people up, it gets the energy moving, it gets people talking to one another. It's a great way to create speaker interaction for you to mix with the people within your group, but also for people to interact with one another and to raise their energy. Another fab thing to do in terms of a movement exercise, to again create the speaker interaction, but also to elicit a response or evoke an emotion or to have some relevance or context around what it is that you're doing. You can do some games or exercises It could be something that is a game, but with a really powerful lesson. So maybe you've got something really important, a really important point, and you need to ensure that each person within your group that you're delivering to really, truly understands it. There are group exercises or games that you can do in this manner. So I remember going to an event once where it was like a team building exercise, and then the energy was quite low within the room. It was a group of senior managers who, in all honesty didn't really want to be in that room and the person delivering the seminar could obviously identify that there was a bit of an energy lull within the room so they decided that we needed to do a bit of a game and the game was to get everyone up on their feet and you had to act out certain things so role play you know movement games with a a powerful message so maybe you're delivering some training in regards to sales and one way that you can do this is role play where one person is the salesperson and one person is the buyer you've got the vendor you've got the the buyer within the room people are getting up and about but there's a powerful message within there the negotiation strategies the method and the manner in which you speak to one another the terminology that you use so hopefully this is making sense games with a powerful or relevant lesson So we've looked at power networking, brainstorming, debriefs, massage or movement or stretches within the room. So any kind of body movement. We've looked at games or scenarios with a powerful lesson that get people up on their feet. Now, what I'd like you to do if you're making notes or if you're kind of taking this in while you're driving, maybe is just take note to this. Why are you wanting your audience to interact? Is it because you're 
really acutely aware of the energy and the interest within the room. You want to keep people interested. You want to identify whether people are understanding the message and you want to ensure that the energy has highs within it and people aren't just sat in their seats getting lower and lower in regards to their energy. Are you identifying that you want to do some speaker interaction because you want people to have the best experience? You want people to remember your speech, your delivery, your sale, your presentation. And the way that you can do that is starting with the end in mind. What do you want them to to come out of this delivery with? What emotion do you want to evoke? But also that you've got to care for them. People don't care unless they know that you care. I know I've said this in previous exercises, previous podcast episodes, but it's so true. People don't care unless they know that you care. And by using your speaker interaction methods, you can really identify or you can really push forward your thought processes around this. So you can question, you can use interaction, speaking one-on-one. Many of the things that I've identified so far have been group interaction sessions, but it may be that it's a a speaker interaction on a one-on-one level where you speak specifically to one person to identify if they've understood. So Dave, does this make sense? Are you you sure you're okay with this? I know you come into this brand new today. You've taken lots on board. Just want to check, is everything okay? You on board with this, yes or no? So giving people the opportunity to feed back exactly how it is for them. Now, it's important that when you're delivering a speech or presentation, a delivery of any sort, and you're adding in your interaction in there, that you don't allow your audience to drain your energy. So if you're having to do all of the hard work, you've got an hour-long presentation, and you're just talking at people for the hour, it can reduce the energy within the room, it can reduce engagement, but also, if you're doing it the alternative and you're doing all of the legwork, you know, you're doing that and you're giving all of the legwork, you're giving all of the speeches, you're not interacting with your audience, they're asking a ton of questions and you're responding, then it can really drain your energy. And when you have an energy lull, you set the tone for the room. So one of the things that you can do, these are sneaky little tricks that we use, but we use speaker interaction to keep you sane as a speaker as well. I use speaker interaction in these exercises like brainstorming and networking quite often because I drink a ton of water within my deliveries. On average, I drink anywhere between seven and nine bottles of water when I'm running one training day, say a nine to five training day, anywhere between seven and nine bottles of water. And as you can imagine, that results in me needing to go to the toilet every now and again. So one of the great things that you can do is you can get people mixing in the room, you can get them talking to one another, you can get those exercises going, really raise the energy within the room. I'm going to give you two minutes to speak to your partners about the key take-homes from this last session, a brainstorming opportunity. I'm going to ask for some shares. So two minutes for you to sit and talk to the people on your table and list out just one or two key things that you have learned from this last session. So two minutes, we're going to ask for a little bit of music from the AV and off you go. That gives you two minutes to go to the toilet, pee and get back. So it's a sneaky little opportunity for you to do what you need to also. Maybe you need to go and get a drink. Maybe you've had a coughing fit so you can set an exercise and off you go to sort yourself out. Maybe it's that you are delivering something for the first time, a presentation, a speech, and you need to identify what's coming up next because you've forgotten what's on your next lot of slides or what the next section that you were going to be delivering with if you don't have any slides. Maybe it's that there's a tech fail 
or there's a power issue. I've had so many of these. These are guaranteed, by the way, in your speeches and your deliveries. So maybe it's that you've had a power failure. I've had it where I've had my laptop on, not plugged in, not realised, and then you get that notification. 5%, your Mac is about to go to sleep. Pull a quick exercise, get your delegate, your audience members, energy up, gives you two minutes to go and sort out the power cables and get it started. So also benefits you in terms of not allowing your audience to drain your energy. Benefits you if you've got to manoeuvre out of the room for any particular reason also. Interaction within your groups also identifies what you're hoping to achieve and sets the standard. So say you're doing session one of a 10 session module maybe it's within your day job or within your work role maybe it's within a new workshop that you're setting up and you're going to be doing 10 of these modules set the standard from the start by using your speaker interaction so people know what's expected of them that they're not just sitting there you know they're not just sat there to listen to what you've got to say they've got to work in this they've got to get involved they've got to get motivated and really help you to make the best day for them. Now, this is just a small step into speaker interaction and I've got a huge amount more tips and hints to help you to make the most of that speaker interaction. So this will be part one of speaker interaction and in the next episode, part two, I'm going to identify to you the different types of speaker interaction, verbal and non-verbal, and how to identify the best way to utilise those within your room. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. Tune into the next episode of Presenting, Pitching and Public Speaking to get a deep dive into the verbal and non-verbal speaker interactions that you can use within your rooms. Mm-hmm.